Hello, everyone, and welcome to HR Works, the podcast for HR professionals. We really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to join us. I'm the host of HR Works, Jim Davis, and the editor of the HR Daily Advisor. This podcast aims to put valuable tools and knowledge into the hands and ears of you, the HR professional, and those tools will arm you with the best methods and strategies for attracting, motivating, and retaining top talent. As many employers are pushing for a return to the workplace, often in a hybrid capacity, Employees are naturally cautious about their safety and security, so today we're going to talk about workplace vaccine issues in general, and also specifically about vaccine passports with our guest, Dr. Dina Bravada. Dr. Bravada serves as Castlight's Chief Medical Officer. She's the co-founder of Lyra Health, where she also served as the Chief Medical Officer from 2015 to 2016. She was the Chief Medical Officer and Head of Products at Castlight Health from 2009 through 2014. Dr. Bravada was a practicing internist for 16 years in her own private practice and an attending physician at Stanford University and the Palo Alto VA. As a senior research scientist in Stanford Center for Primary Care and Outcomes Research and a nationally recognized health services researcher, Dr. Bravada has published widely on the clinical effectiveness of a variety of key clinical and public health topics. I think that makes you particularly well qualified to talk about this topic today. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, as I mentioned in the intro, you know, uh, many employees are hesitant to go back to work. There's a lot of reasons for that, but one of them is that they're afraid that their fellow employees won't get the vaccine or worse, that they won't get it and they'll lie about it. Um, how do you think employers can address this concern? What are your thoughts? Yeah, so we are seeing a number of ways in which employers are addressing this. So, you know, on one end of the spectrum, um, they might only invite vaccinated people back to the workplace um, and they can ask that their employees attest to that. They can do that in a variety of ways. They can actually ask for documentation for that. There are a number of technology programs that facilitate that. Um, and uh, Or they may ask people just to self-attest uh, that they've had it. That doesn't address your question about <laughs> lying, of course, so we'll come back to that in a second. And, and in that way, people can be back in the workplace, enjoy the culture of working together and being collaborative and and uh, while uh, reducing the need for social distancing and mask wearing, I think that most employers who are going in this direction are um, uh, trying to create a culture where if someone, despite all of that, feels that they should socially distance or wear a mask, that, that we really need to have a culture where that's widely accepted. On the other end of the spectrum, what we're seeing is that for these very concerns and perhaps because they genuinely have a population that isn't um, uh, well vaccinated, isn't reaching anything near herd immunity levels, that they're actually continuing to do what they did during the pandemic, right? Which is to have people wear masks, socially distance, um, you know, have lots of ventilation and so on. And, and really, you know, in many ways, not change the workplace so much um, uh, in, in, for those people who have been vaccinated. One other model that we're seeing is something kind of in between a hybrid model where um, employers are asking those folks uh, who have been vaccinated to a test um, and then give those people 
certain um, freedoms, if you will. So they might be able to relax, um, you know, work work in an area with other socially uh, with other vaccinated people where they don't have to socially distance. They're able to collaborate without wearing masks. So it's it's sort of a benefit, if you will, of being vaccinated that's applied only to those populations. So really, we're seeing kind of this broad spectrum of responses. Yeah, and, and thank you for going over those. I I particularly like the last one because it addresses my next concern, which is if I had to go back to the office and the only reason that I had to continue to wear a mask and, uh, you know, and worry about my health was because my coworkers were being stubborn. Uh, and some people call that exercising their rights, but stubborn indeed. I'd be pretty mad, you know, I mean, we've been, we went through hell to get here to where we are now. It's been just absolute chaos and an upset to how our lives work. So I like the idea of some employers recognizing that there might be some animosity and and taking the steps to reduce it because obviously conflict in the workplace is no bueno, doesn't, doesn't lead to positive results. Uh, so I, I like that last idea in particular, not that that's the only one that anyone can use, but yeah. um, hopefully yeah. our listeners take a lesson. Jim, might I make a, a comment based on what you just said? By all means. Um, so I think that something you, 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 you know, broach something that's a really important topic, which is how we feel about our colleagues who may or may not have made the choice to be vaccinated. And I think that there is no place for judgment or anger. Um, So we don't know the personal lives and personal situations of our colleagues. And we don't know what medical conditions they might have or what family circumstances they might have. And I feel right now, I'm, I'm hearing and seeing a lot um, about, you know, sort of saying that vaccine hesitancy is akin to um, a poor choice, a, a poorly informed choice. And I, and I think that in some cases, people do need more education about the safety and efficacy of vaccines. Um, but in other cases, it's, it's a perfectly reasoned um, decision for that individual. And so, um, so I just uh, put out a plea that we can be kind and gentle to our colleagues. All of us have suffered for these last 15 months. And I would say that by and large, um, the HR professionals who are your audience recognize that and have, um, have largely adopted an attitude of really trying to provide the best available information so that people can make whatever choice is best for them. Absolutely. And and I appreciate that. You know, um, I often try and put myself in the shoes of the employee because guess what? I am one. And uh, it's, it's, you know, it's really important how organizations approach employee feelings and sentiments. Um, It's been a rough time for everybody. And indeed there has been a lot of uh, finger pointing and and assumption making um, certainly. And I, I am not exempt from that myself. So, you know, as employers, you know, listen to this, hopefully they understand. And I think the HR does. Sometimes it can be difficult for them to transmit that message throughout the organization that, yes, a measured approach is, is what's required. Not my, not my, my approach, a measured approach. Um, and there's often a, diff- a great difference between those two things. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate that. And uh, speaking of controversy, um, we have these uh, vaccine p- passports 
I think that's what this record card thing that I have here represents. It's a piece of cardboard that I could copy easily with no kind of watermark or seal on it whatsoever with handwritten signature by some person on it who it doesn't even have her name. Um, I mean, what, how are, are these things ubiquitous? Are they the same everywhere? Is this the, is this the passport? I don't even, I don't even know. Um, well, first I would love to get rid of the word passport from the vernacular <laughs> having anything to do with COVID. I think passports should be those things we use to travel internationally. Um, uh, what you are looking at is part of your medical record. And you have other vaccines as part of your medical record. And, um, you know, in the olden days, we used to have these yellow cards that people carried around. Um, and um, and the verification, um, you know, so that signature that you see on your COVID card is no different than the one that you saw for your last tetanus shot or influenza vaccine. And so I believe that, and, and, and I would say that most employers are, are not thinking so much about a passport per se, but are thinking more about sort of the context of this person's medical record and what that means, right? So, so if you were a hospital employee, as I was for much of my life, right, um, your employer might mandate uh, influenza vaccines yes. or mandate a COVID vaccine as, as, as a condition of employment. The vast majority of non-healthcare employers are not making such a mandate. And so, so if you don't mandate something, the, the, the burden of proof that you ask of someone is somewhat lower. And so you could actually get a, uh, you know, a higher uh, level of verification that you were vaccinated for COVID um, by actually having the record transmitted from the place where you got your vaccines mm -hmm. to whomever is interested in that with your permission. But I think that by and large, it's, it's this relationship between a lack of a mandate and and really just wanting to know without with with somewhat more substantiation than just having someone raise their hand and say yes I had the vaccine that those cards are actually um, very useful and you know uh, clearly um, there is the potential for fraud and abuse as there is in so many things and I think that what most employers are doing is saying, look, we are in this together as a community and um, and I am offering you reasonable alternatives if you are va not vaccinated. Um, so please be honest with your community of fellow workers. Yeah, and that seems to be the approach. I mean, I remember I was talking about this a lot sort of the beginning of the year because that was the question was, could, can you mandate? And you know, the answer was, was yes, but with a, a few minor qualifications or some exemptions. Um, and then we got into the details of the nitty gritty of what are those exemptions and what kind of documentation is required, mm -hmm. you know, and, and even then people for the by and large were not interested in mandating it mm -hmm. at their workplaces. So if you have that, that mindset, then, and it goes hand in hand with sort of a, a an open-ended way of looking at how you're going to operate your organization, they can work work together nicely you know just my my confusion surrounding just the word the passport i think is echoed by your concerns for it because it makes you think that this is like some sort of thing that i'm gonna have to show to somebody to enter into places which maybe does happen somewhere it hasn't happened to me um 
how are I, I think it's certainly happening in places of mass gatherings right, right? so so it, it is certainly happening in you know going into sporting events and concerts and the like I think much less so um, uh, you know as something that's part of like on the back of your ID badge when you uh, when you enter the office uh, what what kind of uh systems are, I guess we've already talked about the systems that organizations are using, but I don't know if you had any more information about how organizations are looking to, I don't know, incentivize vaccines and get, get, I mean, obviously if you're going to be, if you're going to let people in the door and you're not going to mandate that they be vaccinated, then you at least have a vested interest in trying to get people that can be vaccinated, vaccinated. What, what strategies are you seeing out there? And now, a little bit of information about our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Namely. Your HR platform shouldn't just help your company keep up. It should help you get ahead. That's what Namely does. Namely is the all-in-one HR solution that will help your team save time, avoid error, and build culture. Namely is designed for mid-sized businesses. Whether you have 50 or 1,000 employees, Namely can grow with your company. Namely, centralized platform makes your employees and HR lives easier. HR can share important announcements, process payroll, and stay on top of compliance. And streamline the onboarding experience with e-signature to sign important documents and a single system of record. Plus, employees can schedule vacations, manage their benefits, and view their pay stubs. All fully integrated on one easy-to-use platform. Namely's analytics enables you to leverage data to drive strategic decisions within your organization. Learn more about making the switch to Namely. And for a limited time, get your first month free when you make the switch. Go to Namely.com today. Don't wait. That's Namely.com. And now, back to our episode. Yeah. So with respect to, you know, kind of encouraging vaccinations, maybe what I would um, you know point out there is that employers have a real role in vaccinations generally, right? So upwards of 40% of influenza vaccines um, uh, obtained by commercially insured populations happen at the workplace, right? So people are used to getting their flu shot at work. And, and you know, the COVID vaccine is obviously is, is, a diff- is a somewhat different matter, but I think it falls in that context um, of employer-sponsored healthcare and employer-sponsored vaccinations. Um, in terms of incentives, we certainly have seen, again, a pretty wide range of incentives, everything from, you know, several hours up to a half a day off for people um, wanting to get the vaccine. Um, we see, again, as we talked about earlier, people providing in the workplace, you know, extra benefits about relaxed social distancing and, you know, public health measures um, for that population who is vaccinated. We've seen some others who um, who are actually providing incentives, not for the vaccine itself, but for reading and um, and uh, and or listening to um, high quality public health information about the safety and efficacy of the vaccines. So just just um, this idea of let me incentivize you to to make the best decision that you can make for yourself, um, and those incentives, um, you know, are much like other health benefits and can include point systems that are convertible into you know cash rewards or donations to charitable contributions of the member's choice and so on. 
Yeah, it's a that's a really good idea. You know, if the goal is if what's what yeah, if the goal is to educate, you know, then that gives people and and giving people the choice that that accomplishes both of those. It's clever. Um, I've been looking, keeping a pretty close eye on how governments are incentivizing vaccinations. Um, I think I read one. I can't remember what state it was where like you get a, a joint if you go vaccinate. Did you see that? It was just, I just saw the headline yesterday, so I can't ver- verify. Oddly <laughs> enough, I missed that one, I'm afraid. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm talking to you from California where um, uh, there's a, uh, basically you get a lottery ticket mm-hmm. as part of the incentive. Yeah, it's just interesting to see. And it's, it'll be interesting to see how different, different states with kind of different demographics approach that um, if they do, right. if they do at all. Um, so obviously this is a contentious issue. I, I feel like, you know, the, the model we've seen before, I know that the model we've seen before was the flu vaccine, but there wasn't the politicization in the flu vaccine that there is with this one. Um, so, you know, I don't, I can't ever remember anyone getting upset because people were standing in line to get the flu vaccine um, or deciding not to. It was just sort of like, oh, okay, you're not going to get the vaccine. Cool. Um, I don't, that's, not the case this time. And that that does make things difficult for employers because employers already spend a lot of effort trying to keep politics out of the workplace because of how divisive and destructive it can be. So I don't know if you've seen any, any strategies or have any tips for how employers can communicate their desire for employees to be vaccinated in a way that sidesteps that or avoids it or maybe even addresses it without, without causing a ruckus. Yeah, um, I, I think this comes back again to educating, making educational information as readily available as possible and trying to make sure that it is free of any kind of, you know, particular slant one way or the other, but really presenting the best available evidence, which is really, uh, you know, granted quite hard given that throughout this entire pandemic, it's been such a dynamic situation and we've learned things and corrected prior uh, views and so on. And so, um, but, but what, what, I would say there also is that many employers are really now seen as this trusted source of information because they've been there for the employees. You know, in the early days of the pandemic, it was really around where do I get a COVID test, for example, or how do I set up a workplace for those people who are essential workers that is safe? And and by demonstrating an ongoing commitment to keep to the safety of their population, I think they're really seen as this trusted source of information. Now the critical matter is about safety and return to work and where to get a vaccine. Um, the other thing that I think employers have been thoughtful about and is uh, in providing access to vaccines, right? We, we're t- we've I, I think that there's a little bit of conflating of vaccine hesitancy with vaccine access. So if I could take a minute on that topic, right? This idea that sure. yeah, um, not everybody, excuse me? I said Have yes, you? by all means. 
Okay, thank you. So um, what what I think we're hearing is, yes, there's a part of the population who has not been vaccinated. And for many of them, it's not for lack of trying, right? But that in their neighborhood, mm-hmm. they may have less access uh, to a vaccination, or perhaps they are living in a low income area where they're working a couple of jobs. And it's just hard to get to the vaccination site during those hours, for example. And so I think that there are very legitimate barriers to access, especially for some of the most vulnerable populations. And um, Castlight has worked hard on this particular problem. So we worked with the CDC to stand up vaccines.gov, um, which is the national registry for where vaccines are available. Um, and there's a there's a two text lines get vax. So if someone texts get vax or for Spanish language vacuna, um, they would actually find three vaccine locations near them. Um, That's sort of part of an effort to really make sure that the most vulnerable folks who may really have trouble accessing vaccine services um, can get to them as opposed to just sort of thinking like, okay, well, there's this whole unwashed population of people who are unvaccinated and they all just don't want to have it. I don't think that that's the case at all. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's a, I'll make sure to include that link in the description and um, the number that you can text so that the people can Thank access you. it easily. Uh, yeah, sure. Sure. It's a, yeah, you know, monolithic thinking has been kind of uh, the bread and butter of this last, last year or so, hasn't it? Um, I find myself having to overcome it all the time. And it's, you know, it's a challenge that employers have to face and they've, they've, you know, they've done it with other things, but it's, I feel like it might be getting a little bit more, a little bit more difficult than it has in the past. That's neither here nor there. Just an observation. Uh, It looks like uh, I've gotten through all the questions I prepared, but that doesn't mean that we've finished talking about this. Is there any um, other, you know, thoughts or concerns for employers that you'd want to address or anything else you'd like to share? Yeah, I, I think that there are a couple of key items on the horizon for many HR leaders at this time when we're kind of coming through the end of the summer and facing, you know, what are the plans for the fall when our kids will be back in school and more and more people will be back in the workplace. And oh, by the way, the vaccine, the immunity conferred by the very earliest doses of the vaccines, you know, many of those recipients obviously being healthcare workers, essential workers, and the elderly perhaps beginning to wane. And so as a nation, we then begin to think about the need for influenza vaccines and um, uh, boosters Mm. for COVID. I think that um, this is not the end of the story for the role of employers in vaccinations for communicable diseases generally and coronaviruses in particular. I was really hoping that that immunity would be longer. I know there was a big fuss when it was announced that it was six months effective because many people took that to mean that that's when the effectiveness ran out. But there had only been six months uh, of data available. And that was a, right, that was a while ago. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see yeah. it. Well, and, and, and I think that we, yeah, we still don't know what that right. will be. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. We've all learned a lot 
over the last year about how viruses work. That's for sure. And uh, I think probably the biggest takeaway for me was that this is just not even close to clear cut at all. And it's important to remember that, that that'll lead to a lot of, a lot of confusion, especially when you're searching for answers, mm-hmm. you know, like we were, Indeed. we were always like getting the latest information and be like, how can we like find some wiggle room or how can we regain some of uh, sort of the former freedoms? And, and they, they, then, you know, the thing that you, maybe you thought of like, Oh, what if we all get tested first before we hang out? You know, I realized then you see people like getting sick doing that. That, didn't, that doesn't work. And it was just a, it's been a, it's been, been very, uh, very difficult and very chaotic time. So I appreciate, I certainly appreciate you taking the time to, to come on the show and help dispel some of that chaos. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Um, listeners, we're always interested in suggestions that you might have for what HR Works should cover next. Please feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at HR Works Podcast with your suggestions of any thoughts or concerns you might have about the podcast. Feel free to say hi. Tell us how we're doing. Um, we're also now available on Spotify and Audible. Uh, so basically, you can find us anywhere that podcasts can be found. Thank you for listening. This is Jim Davis with HR Works.